June 18th, journal entry number three, submitted by Marcus Blaze, a former member of Team Magma. Well, I don't know what's right in here, to be honest. In fact, I don't think there's anything left to write at all. Everything is going to die anyways, in the spam of only God knows when. Right now, the oceans are boiling and drying up into dead, dry craters. The last, the last of the small puddles drying up like someone was sipping up the last of our waters like a drink someone was drinking at a slow and agonizing rate, leaving the water Pokemon with no home and to die slowly. Our forests are drying out, catching fire and burning to ash leaving no trees and plants to cover the planet and killing the land Pokemon and whoever else is on the surface of this dying planet like me or trying to find enough food to continue living. As soon as the drink thought entered my mind, I felt my mouth open and my tongue drop out. What was left of my drool came dripping out and landed on the dried, cracked ground. It had been a long time since I had a cool, refreshing drink. Three days is a long time to go without water, although in my hazy mind, it could have been much longer. Almost as long as a week or a full month. Time had lost all of its meaning. Even though I had written the dates of, at the top of my journal, to be very honest, I don't know why I even bothered to write in this journal in my final moments. I know full well in my heart and mind that no one is going to find my journal when I am gone. The book will be just left to rot in the sand to burn to ash. Who am I, you may be asking? Hi, I'm Marcus Blaze. Once a former team member of Team Magma and one of the few survivors of the life-threatening drought caused by Groudon and, regrettably, us. Survivors of the drought had hidden themselves in caves or, really, God knows where, in order to preserve the last of the world's resources. I honestly don't know why they'd even bother. We're gonna die anyways. I sighed as I walked silently on the dry ground on what used to be Route 104. The hood of my red Team Magma outfit hung miserably around my shoulders. I looked around at the damaged place, taking in the dead grass, dry ground, burning trees, and the dry crater that used to be the ocean. I almost felt heartbroken at the sight before me. I used to play in these waters, and now he was gone because of me. I looked back at my journal. The pages I had stopped on had little watermarks, probably for my tears or sweat, I don't know. And they started to ruin the pencil markings. My thoughts were stopped short by my foot hitting a rock sticking out of the ground, almost tripping me and sending me into the ground. I dropped my journal for a few seconds as it did catch me off guard before I glanced down to see what I hit. Upon seeing the rock, I cursed furiously under my breath and kicked it as hard as I could in a rage. The rock spun and rolled about five feet away before it stopped on the cracked dry ground. I panted heavily as the heat started to get to me. 
Sweat formed on my forehead from the unrelenting heat of the sun. My emotions were running wild at this point, though my face was gaunt and emotionless. And I wanted nothing more than to scream in anger and sadness. But I didn't. I couldn't. Any sound I tried to make just came out as a cracked cry that no one would hear. Plus, my vocal cords were, way, were far too damaged beyond repair to make a sound even remotely human. Not that it really mattered, and would be dead sometime soon. I just simply fell on the ground on my knees. Sweat rolled down my cheeks and the rest of my body. My Team Magma uniform started to feel hot, uncomfortable, and stuck to me like glue, thanks to sweating at a rapid pace. My head started to hurt horribly. My breathing became even more heavy. The end was coming soon. As much as I hated to admit it, I can't stop it. Much like everyone else on this godforsaken planet. I sigh, reach back for my journal, pick it up, and just simply stared at the first few lines of writing I even bothered to jot down. There wasn't much as my thoughts were starting to get hazy from the monstrous drought, and there wasn't too much to write considering there will be no one left to read it. I sighed again, picked up the pen that was still in the book, surprisingly, despite me dropping it as well as the journal, and continued to write down my thoughts, though my mind was at this point a giant haze as I was repeating. My eyes were watery and made it difficult to see, but even then I still managed to connect pencil to the paper, surprisingly. Small drops of sweat fell from my forehead and landed on the paper, but I tried not to notice. After all, it didn't matter anyway. My thoughts started to become way fuzzy. My vision started to swarm like crazy, making it really hard to focus on the paper. Before I tried to write at least one more sentence, a sudden crashing sound snapped me out of my trance. My head shot up, and I looked around to see who crashed next to me. There was a young woman, wearing a Team Magma uniform much like myself, and everyone else in Team Magma. She laid unconscious on the ground for a few moments before lifting herself off the ground, her red hood falling off her head, revealing her dark brown hair, dark blue eyes, and fair skin much like myself. I almost didn't recognize her at first when she looked up at me. She was absolutely disheveled, probably a lot worse than I was looking. Her hair was messy and tangled, her eyes were bloodshot and watery, and her skin looked aged, probably from sleepless nights or something, I don't know. It was only when she said my name did I finally recognize her. It was my little sister. Julie Blaze, who was also in Team Magma while was still running, before this drought happened. She, like me, was one of the top grunts rivaling the commanders, and stood by me and Maxie during our awakening of Browdon, which I've later come to regret. As Julie looked up at me, I demanded to know why she was here and not hiding with the others deep in the caves of Hoenn. Julie stuttered a little at first with her answer, but still she answered me. She stated she was looking up and down all over Hoenn, trying to find me since she didn't want me to face the end of the world alone. 
At first, I thought she was talking about keeping me company till the end of my days, and the world's days. Which sounded stupid, but sweet at the same time. I felt cold tears brimming up in the corners of my eyes, which cooled down my face as I hugged my sister. She was easily the sweetest person to ever exist, even when the world was ending in the darkest times. I know it was stupid, especially when everything was going to die, including me and my sister, but to be honest, I really needed that emotional support. Once we pulled apart, Julie quickly, quickly informed me that what she said wasn't the only reason she was here. She said she had a way to defeat Groudon. As soon as she said that, I rolled my eyes and told her that was completely hopeless. After all, half of the human race and most of our team, including Maxie, were probably already dead or worse, or fled the region. Most of the water and grass type Pokemon, the only good counters to Groudon were this or dying as well. Okay, since Groudon is a pure ground type, he has a lot more weaknesses, but grass and water types were the only types I could think of at the moment. Finally, Team Aqua, our once rival and enemy, their fates were unknown, or like everyone else, dead or dying have already fled Hoenn, though that possibility was unlikely. Once I finished my sentence, Julie quickly shut me up. With her hand before grabbing her bag, which she used to have as a normal Pokemon trainer, before joining Team Magma, and reached inside for an object, tossing out potions and Pokeballs at a rapid pace which almost hit me in the face, but I managed to avoid them by moving out of the way and ducking like crazy. Finally, after a few seconds, Julie pulled out a white and purple Pokeball. I knitted my brow in confusion as I had no idea what she was trying to show me. But after a few seconds, I realized what Julie had was a Master Ball, the most powerful Pokeball able to capture any Pokemon without fail. I blinked my eyes to clear my vision just so I could see, as it had became hazy. When I saw it better, I understood what it was for. I quietly smiled at her, but I was knocked out of my trance by a terrifying roar that will always haunt my nightmares as forever as long as I live. A giant, red-hot Pokemon covered in spikes and hot lava bringing the blazing hot sun with him burst out of the ruins his razor-sharp teeth bared in rage. I almost had a heart attack when I saw him. It was Groudon, the legendary sun Pokemon of Hoenn, and one of the contributors to the world-ending drought besides Team Magma. I quickly stood up and stumbled a few feet backwards, newfound adrenaline coursing through my veins. Julie followed in my tracks. Groudon reared his head towards the sky and roared. With its mighty roar, the sun's power and heat seemed to increase greatly, making it even hotter. Panic gripped my heart tightly. My legs started to shake violently, but somehow I didn't faint from fear. Groudon roared again, and this time new volcanoes broke their way through the ground, and lava began spilling out of them at an alarming rate. Julie suddenly grabbed a hold of my hand. I looked at her. Seeing her face was now a mask of anger and determination. With a new smirk on her lips, she held up the Master Ball. With new hope, I smiled and took it, 
and using speed I never knew I had, me and Julie charged toward Groudon, who noticed us and let out another roar as he, as he prepared his attacks. However, unknown to him, we were prepared for the final battle that would end this nightmare. <laughs>